Welcome to the Polaris PT Podcast. Join us as we dive into all aspects of health and wellness, from physical and mental to relationships and spirituality with leading experts and luminaries from a broad spectrum of specializations. I'm your host, Dr. Brig Woods, performance physical therapist and owner of Polaris PT and Wellness. On today's podcast, I have Dan Huber. Dan was born and raised in Mesa, Arizona. He's been a coach and personal trainer since 2009 and is the founder of owner and head coach at Spartan Nation Combatives and Fitness, founded in 2016. Dan's been a professional MMA fighter since 2013 and has competed on the local, national, and international stage. Since 2009, he has trained hundreds of goal seekers beyond what they ever thought possible. On today's pod, we talk mixed martial arts and how it applies to life, his pro fight career, the mindset of a fighter, and his mission to help people find their greatness through fitness and mixed martial arts. Dan, thanks for coming in, man. Long thanks. time no see, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Last time we were together, we were uh, rolling half naked on a mat. That's true. <laughs> and 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 Dan was trying to kill me. Dan, I remember, dude. I remember that time where we were sparring, and I thinking about it now, realizing you were toying with me, like like you were just letting me kind of do my thing. You were dodging my punches and my kicks, and I remember. I threw a combo and got a halfway decent leg kick on you. Dude, your face changed like, oh, this is how you, I was. Okay, this is what you want. <laughs> and I remember, dude, I, I've never felt more overwhelmed with like just you threw this mad combo. And I almost submitted when you kicked me in the leg. You gave me another leg kick back. Is that good? That's the compliment that I was looking for yeah. when, when I came in today. You yeah, know? yeah. You, yeah, I was like, okay, this is a different, a whole different level, right? And if you listen to the intro, or if you didn't listen to the intro, you know that Dan owns Spartan Nation Combatives here in Mesa, Arizona, and is also, are you currently still fighting? Uh, I just got my medicals for this year, so 2022, I, I'll probably make an appearance, yeah. Uh, it's uh, been a few years since I competed in the cage, though. Now, are you fighting as a pro again? Correct. So you're getting paid? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. What is it? There's I don't no know going if, back to amateur after you go pro. Well, so. I didn't know if you could or you couldn't. If, if yeah. you don't get paid, are you still a pro? No, you get paid if you're a pro. You don't if you're AMI. That's pretty much the biggest differentiator between Well, right, because if you go back and you do a fight, take a fight without getting paid... It doesn't happen. Yeah, okay. yeah. That there's already, already that line's been crossed. Gotcha. Yeah. And I don't know that I ever asked you, but what is your? Uh, do you? What's your? Do you have like? A, everybody's got a nickname, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I've had a couple over the years, but uh, the the first one that I ever had was Danable. 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 Oh kind of like gosh. Hannibal. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got the the t-shirts made and everything. Was that after Hannibal Lecter, or was that after Hannibal the the Hun? Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Yeah. Oh jeez. Yeah. Yeah, they hit. I had some managers put a picture of me with one of those masks on on a T-shirt, and I like it. Yeah, they they had fun with that. <laughs> and then, what was it? What's the most recent one been? Oh, you know, uh, they they try to play off of what your background is and things like that. So uh, one promoter called me Dan the Storm and Mormon, kind of like the okay. Todd, Todd Heap. Yeah. yeah. If you've if you've been a Mormon in, in any level of pro sports, you somehow end up with that moniker. There's another guy who's a pro skater, and they used to call him that as well. Yeah, that's the go-to, huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So is it is it the promotion who comes up with the nicknames? No, not necessarily. Usually, um, the fighters' teammates come up with the or the manager comes up with the nickname for. Okay. Them. Yeah. 
And is it like people sitting around trying to come up with a band name? Like they like pick two <laughs> random words in the dictionary, or or is it just is it one of those things that more or less happens organically? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, it's just in the gym. You're together so much, you start to find out who's who and what they do. And right, yeah, okay. So like France, somebody gave Francis and Ganu the predator. Most likely a teammate. Did he have dreads originally? Like longer I hair? I feel like he did. I don't quite remember, but I feel like you're right. Yeah. I, I don't know did. if you did. You see his most recent? Do you follow him at all? I, I yeah, I've watched him fight over the years. But I mean, did you yeah. see his most recent post? No. Oh, he did a post with um, it, it's dude. It's one of the most. It's one of the more cool, awesome gangster things I've seen. It's him back home in Africa in a tra- in his mom's traditional kitchen. Oh, wow. With his UFC belt sitting right up there in the middle of the room, like on the wall. What a juxtaposition. That yeah, is. like amazing. just from where he came from Incredible. to where he is now. I mean, that guy started what? He, he didn't start fighting until what, six, eight years ago? Have you heard like his early story? Yeah, he was like, wasn't he living on the streets in France? Working in sand mines in Africa. And then he went over to France to yeah. try to, yeah, he was on, he was homeless in France for a while. Yeah. Somebody picked him up and said, hey, you're a big guy. Start fighting. That's pretty amazing. Right. A lot of these guys have these kind of stories. That well, right. Come from nothing and raise on up. That's why fighting is such a cool thing is because you have these stories of people coming from the bottom. Right. And getting to the top. Yeah. No, it's uh, that's always the thing, right? And I think that's where fighters... That's why I think they have the mentality they have. I don't know how many, and, and maybe there are, because I don't know the backgrounds of a lot of them, but I don't know that there's a whole lot of fighters that came from like really wealthy, middle, upper middle class, wealthy families, right? Uh, it's, it's interesting. There's a, there's a mix. Is there? So there's uh, Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin was a high school math teacher, and he became one of the best mixed martial arts fighters of his time. He was the, the title holder for a little while. I think I've seen this. He's not who they kind of based Warrior off of, is he? Or here comes the boom. He's probably in that mix. He, yeah, he's he's definitely a popular guy. And then there's uh, another heavyweight fighter. His his name is slipping my mind right now, but he was an engineer. Really? So I think fighting brings everybody together, man. Fight is a good word. Yeah. Well, and it's that's dude. It's been so. I don't know. I think I think fighting I think fighting is excellent. I think it's a great place to for people to put a lot of what they've been feeling and work stuff out. But I I tell people all the time when we have a conversation about this word specifically and when you peel back all the layers of what we're doing in society, relationships, business, whatever you want to look at, you get down to hand-to-hand combat. That is the base of everything that we do. And everything else is a symbolic representation of that. So when you can do that, then you can say, okay, this can be transferred over to my business idea. This can be transferred over to my relationship, fight for your relationship, whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, and we talk, yeah, we do. We talk about fighting for stuff all the time. And I think they had it right in Fight Club, right? You don't know who you are until you, everybody finds out who they are when they get punched in the face or something to that degree. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's boiling back down to what we were talking about, you know. That's what uh, life will hit you like that sometimes, too, and being able to bounce back. That punch in the face is a representation of whatever hardship that you might have in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And And I think that it's, I think it's inherently 
people who fight people, the people who I know who have actual skills, actual experience with combat and actual experience with violence are the least violent people I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's usually the case. They're, they're the ones that, because they understand what real violence is. They're not the ones out there bullying people or beating people up or getting into fistfights or being violent with their spouse. They, they understand real violence. Really just what you said. Because they've been there, because they understand what a hardship that is, they're not trying to press that on somebody who's unsuspecting. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Although I did enjoy the video of, I forgot who the fighter was. This guy was acting a fool in a Las Vegas uh, restaurant. Yeah, they can still handle business. But he, but, he, but he didn't even hurt the guy. He just basically put the dude on the ground, sat on top of him, and like oh, held Matt him. Matt Sarah. Yes. Yeah, Matt Sarah. And waited until somebody came. And He's an OG too, man. He's yeah. been around the game for a long time. He's a coach now. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite, he's started off, I think he started off in Pancras, and then he fought, I think he fought in the UFC a little bit, but uh, man, he's one of my favorite people, is Boss Rutten. Boss Rutten. Boss Rutten commentated one of my fights. Did he? Yeah. Dude. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. He's Dude, he was devastating. I didn't realize, I went back and looked, there was an old fight, I think it was called uh, Sports Science. Okay. And they, one of the guys, oh, he played for the Bucks. he was a quarterback, he had his spleen ruptured. Because somebody hit him. Wow. He got tackled and had his spleen ruptured. Gosh. And they were like, that must have already been that way. How could you, you know. And they wanted to prove that if you could or couldn't rupture a spleen. And so they created a gel, you know, ballistic dummy. Yeah. And then they had Boss. It was. It turned out to be Boss Rutten. Because apparently Boss Rutten has split or like ruptured people's livers and he's, spleens. He's a body shot king, man. Yeah. yeah. And he, dude, I remember they put a pig spleen in there and he hit this dummy so hard. And you just watch the insides bust right open. Huh? Yeah, it was, it was wild, man. He, that's one of his, his famous uh, sayings is shots to the liver. Yeah. And so when I was fighting, I, I got to hear him say that about me, which was pretty cool. That's awesome, man. <laughs> shots to the liver. Now you were talking about, um, where we, we just briefly mentioned that, you know, a lot of fighters come have certain backgrounds and stuff now. And a lot of guys come into the sport, at least from what I understand with like a, a Brazilian jujitsu background. And then the other one is, is wrestling. And that's where you got your start, right? Was that's in wrestling? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I started wrestling when I was about 10 years old and I've been wrestling darn near every day since. So was it. it your idea to get into wrestling or was that something your dad was like, Hey, yeah, no, no, it wasn't really uh, much push from my parents at all. I, from an early age and, and I couldn't really put a finger on why that would be, but I, I was just fascinated with martial arts, karate, boxing, wrestling, and wrestling was an opportunity to compete in a martial arts at an early age. And, uh, my grandpa, uh, wrestled in college. Oh, wow. So he was actually the one who really introduced me to the sport and he had already had heart surgeries and heart attacks and, and he wasn't supposed to be doing this type of physical activity, but he would be on the living room floor with me, showing me moves. And, and that's really where it all started when he would, uh, show me an arm chop and a double arm bar and, and how to do these different wrestling moves. Hard not to love it, do when no. your grandpa's on the floor love, with you. Oh my God. And he would, you know you know, coming from a Mormon family, you got a lot of, a lot of kids. And, uh, so we had tons of cousins and he would always make my wrestling matches cause that's what he was interested in. So I got, got that grandpa time in too. 
That's awesome. Yeah. And then you wrestled in high school. Wrestled in high school. Uh, wrestled for Mesa Mountain View uh, here in Arizona. Now, what what weight class did you fight at? Were you successful? State? Yeah, yeah. I was uh, eighty nine and one eighty nine and two fifteen. Um, I was never, you know, really cutting weight like a lot of wrestlers do. I was 205 wrestling 215 and that wasn't an issue grand majority of the time um, I was a state runner-up my senior year and then I went on a two-year mission came back and got into mixed martial arts so here's a question I have you talked about cutting weight because I remember seeing guys like running around in trash bags and wearing sweats and like and you fought at the pro level. You fight at the pro level. Did you wrestle in college? No, just right to MMA. Okay, yeah. so you went from high school wrestling to MMA. But even then, you guys are cutting weight. People are cutting weight. Did, was there a difference in the way that fighters who are doing MMA versus like wrestling in high school, the way they cut weight? And then I guess the other part of that question is, did you ever notice, because you didn't cut weight, did you ever notice a difference or feel like there was a difference in your fitness level or your strength or whatever when it came to match time yeah yeah so i've definitely been on both sides of that um when it comes to cutting weight as an adult and when you have a little bit more experience and you have a coach guiding you in the correct way there's a way to do it in addition to that fights you have a way in the day before you fight and you only have one fight so you can cut a whole lot more weight and do it in a more scientific manner than when you're in wrestling as a kid. Right. Wrestling as a kid, like you were saying, the trash bag, spitting in a cup. It's kind of like get every little ounce off you can and then go find out what, you know, what weight you're at. Uh, so we, as, as kids, it was five, you're in within five, ten pounds of where you're going to wrestle. Typically, you're not going to be wanting to have more of a gap than that because you have to weigh in, and in a couple hours, you have to wrestle. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought yeah. I thought it was the same way. Like, you weighed in the day before, and then you wrestled the next day. You So you literally do your weigh-in, and then it's yeah. like, oh, I got to jump on the mat in a couple hours? You got it. Oh, yeah. yeah you don't so, want to cut a ton of weight? No. Yeah, it's it's you pretty much stay around what weight you're going to wrestle. So it's a, a smaller cut, whereas... There's guys that cut 20, 25, sometimes 30 pounds the week of the fight. Yeah. Well, so, because let's see, what is what is the heavyweight weight class? What do you have to hit to hit? Weight limit for heavy is 265. Okay. Because I was, or like, I was seeing that guys like, what is what do the Diaz brothers fight at? Diaz are typically a, a welter weight or a lightweight that's 170 and 155 so like those dudes will get they'll cut they'll walk around at 190 195 they'll cut all the way down to 170 and then the next day they'll fight again and they'll be 185 yes yeah so that's what i do so i i usually hang around 210 okay and i usually fight at 185 so 210 i call it fat and happy 210 fat and happy i'm eating whatever i want i'm still in decent shape 
and I'm not eating total trash, you know, but then I'll cut some calories and up my water intake and it'll drop down. I'll get down to around 200 and then the rest of the cut is usually water. So, okay. So from about 199, 198 down to 185 is usually a water cut. So, okay. So are you, de- when you're saying a water cut, are you talking about you de- drinking less water, dehydrating yourself a little bit? So day of the weigh-ins, I'll wake up, step on the scale and it'll be 198. No eating or drinking the day of the weigh-in. We'll jump in the sauna, start sweating. And then within, <laughs> it's quicker than most people think is possible. It, it happens usually within an hour or two, you're able to cut that. 13, 14 pounds. That's, that's wild. Um, you want to be that weight in the fight game. You want to be that weight for the smallest amount of time possible. You step on the scale and step off. By the time I'm back in the cage, I'm usually 202 pounds. How do you feel? I feel fine. It's all part of the process. It's almost a ritual. Right. Right. It's like, I, I am doing this to prepare for war. I am not eating, I am not drinking, and this has just become such a part of the culture and a part of the process that this means I'm mentally preparing as my body's physically preparing for the weigh-in. That means it's time to fight. Okay. So it almost it almost gets you gets you ready like like anybody else, right? Like athletes all have a pregame ritual, right? Whether that's sitting in with their headphones on or they have their meal that they eat every time. This is like, hey, if my body knows we're going into a cut, it's getting primed. It's getting primed to fight. It is. It's an embrace the suck kind of moment, right? And it's, it translates in other aspects of life. Again, I know I keep saying that, no. but it's when you say, let's cut that weight and you're crazy enough to, think of it in as a good thing then i think that whatever life throws at you you can kind of take in that same manner yeah no i i agree a hundred percent man um well and that's the other thing right it's it's a different mentality of and i think a lot of us we we lack that mentality of this is almost i got to do what i got to do whatever i got to do to win this thing. And if I get a better advantage by hitting my weight and this guy doesn't, or he misses weight or whatever, but it's you doing what is necessary to win. Yeah. And that's no. a, that's a whole mentality. It's, it's the mentality. It's part of the ritual of getting ready. Kind of like what you said, people have in different athletics, different ideas of how to get ready. That's become a part of the process. And I know it's probably that way for most fighters. They say, it would be weird if there wasn't that part of the process. Right. I think I was listening to Ben Askren talk and I don't think, I don't think he cuts. I think it was him who was saying, he's like, yeah, I I basically, he might not. He's like, I stay at the weight that I'm going to fight at all the time. He wrestled in college. He fought at 170, I believe, but there's a good chance. He just hung around that way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's, well, what, when did you take your first, how long did you do amateur fights versus when did you go pro? So I started off grappling. So just submission wrestling is a sport in itself where there's not striking right. involved. So I did that for a number of years and then I competed well in that sport. And I was actually on team USA in 2012. Oh, really? 
Yeah. Now, so, where do they compete? Like, does that compete at, like Pan Am Games? Is that an Olympic? Not an Olympic thing, right? Because it's only freestyle or Greco-Roman. And yes, it's not an Olympic Games, but it is a, a World Games. Okay. So I was on Team USA in 2012 under the USA Wrestling banner. And then internationally, it's under the FILA banner, which is the same organization that oversees the Olympics uh, in wrestling. So in 2012, the World Championships was in Poland, and I got to go and compete over there. Um, pretty neat ex- experience. It's something that I kind of draw strength from even un- until today, 10 years later. Dude, what is that like to go to a foreign country and compete and represent? Like, I, that's something I know nothing about, man. Like, I, I don't. What's that like to have the American flag? On your, on, I guess, singlets? Do you guys wear in singlets or? We have, we have our uniforms. Yeah. yeah and our warm up gear. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah. what is, what is that like? So it's interesting you ask that because I draw strength from that. I was telling you, I do something that's called an anchor drill. Have you ever heard of the anchor drill before? No. It's basically taking a confident memory from your past and bringing it to the present. So there's different parts of it but one of the parts is take a confident memory and bring it to the present and so that's the one that I go back to is even before competing even before stepping on the mat as we're walking in with team USA I'm seeing our USA jackets and I I know I've got that on my back and walk into this arena where there's every flag of every country and then you see Russia warming up and you see Japan warming up you say I'm representing my country right now. Yeah, it's not about you anymore. That's pretty amazing. And you can draw strength from that, yeah. man. Yeah, it was a powerful moment. And I use that in my anchor drill. Basically, what the anchor drill is, is you use a small key word to trigger a confident memory. And then you do a body movement to try to bring that confident memory to the present. So... Um, I do this with my fighters. I do this uh, for myself. And uh, it's a powerful way to set your mind where it needs to be. So you're not overly anxious and you're not too chilled out. It's calm, confident, and aware yeah. of where you need to be. And that, that's the mindset you need to go into a fight and a job interview and, uh, you know, whatever else life throws at you. Yeah. If you yeah, if you're if you're if you're too amped up, man, you you burn out, you burn your energy out, you lose your head, lose your game plan. So Absolutely. yeah, sounds like so that sounds no, that's a cool thing. I we'll have to talk maybe a little bit more about it off Absolutely. offline. But I I joke like I don't really enjoy watching soccer. I'm gonna switch here for a second, unless it is the World Cup, and then for some reason I am all in because it is USA. Yeah, it's America versus. Somebody else, right? Like, I, there's something yeah. about countries. Like, that's, that's why we love the Olympics so much, right? It, sure, it's it's a, a goodwill thing to bring the whole world together through sport, but it's also a way to ratify and unify a country. Yeah, it, there, there's nothing wrong with cheering for your team. And you don't have to down another team to cheer for yours. Nope. It, it's a positive thing to have that competition. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you're interested if there's a fight breakout out in the soccer <laughs> yes. game, right? That's, yeah. what, that's every, when it gets interesting. Every now and again, and <laughs> hockey, I, I just realized that hockey is purely soccer on ice just with a stick and occasional fights. Yeah. Um, 
grab the jersey, start throwing. I, I think I don't think you're allowed to do that anymore. I think it, I think you don't think you're allowed to pull their or they've made them so it's harder to pull jerseys over heads huh. or something like that because they were tired of people getting sucker punched without being able to see. I'm not up on my hockey. Neither am I. I just I, here. I think I remember <laughs> reading that somewhere. Um, so, dude, your first your first pro fight. What was the promotion? Where was it? Yeah, Rage in the Cage here in Arizona. Okay, they have both amateur and pro fights, and I had my first pro fight. I believe it was 2014, probably 2013, somewhere in there, 2013, almost 10 years ago. And uh, I had a fight, um, a guy who, we were the same weight, he, (laughs) it's kind of funny, he came from a martial arts background that I wasn't familiar with. What was his background? What was his? I, I forgot what it was, something that... Kenpo something or, or Kenju Kembo somewhere. Oh, in was there. it Kaju Kembo? S- somewhere in there. Okay, because yeah, my 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 cousin does Kaju Kembo or a variation sure. of such. You know, yeah. a, a lot of K words and anyways. He so I I looked up what school he's from and I'm looking at some of in, of his instructors' videos, and in one of the instructors' videos he says, and if you punch him right here in the armpit, you could even make their heart stop. And I was like, this guy is full of it. But also in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't want him to make my heart stop either. Right? right. So, it was like one of those where. The, yeah, right. But then you're saying maybe, right? But we've all seen that video of that guy that's like, right? He's got this whole group of people and he's like, I can harness my chi. Yeah. And he like puts his hand in front of the dude's face and he falls over. 90% of me was there. Yeah. And then 10% of me was like, but maybe, maybe. I don't want to die. I got a wipe. <laughs> you had visions of like temple of doom where he sticks his hand in and pulls your heart out. That's where it was at. And so I go in there and I was kind of amped up because of that. I was like, well, I better finish this guy quick. He's trying to kill me by punching me in the armpit right now. So I go in and he had said, something about how he was going to make an example of me and all sorts of stuff. So I, I love, can I just oh, say real quick? Yeah. I love that part of the fight game. Like I love, I love the trash, the talk, build up. The, the promotion, <laughs> the trash talk before oh, the man. stare down is a space is, is an awesome, like, Oh yeah. It's a part of it. It's all part of the ritual that we we're talking about. It is. But anyway, he was telling, he was going to make an example out of you. So I get in the cage and I'm there I'm like, I better just blow the doors off this guy. Start off, I, I threw a push kick right to his face and just start unloading punches. And it turns out that that 90% that I was thinking, that, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, so it was. It, he's kind of full of it. And uh, I ended up being able to get a, a TKO in the 15 seconds in the first round. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, my first four fights, I finished in under a minute. Jeez. Yeah, so that that was a good start to it. Yeah, yeah, dude. So yeah, what was some of the? What was one of the tough? Who was one of the, who? Who would you say was your toughest fight? And it could be a win or a loss, man. <sighs> toughest fight? Yeah, I've had both, and and uh, it's all a great experience. I encourage anybody to train and compete in some level. It's it's a valuable life experience. But uh, let, yeah, let me think. I had a I had a really good fight with a guy named Joe Yeager. Okay. Joe Yeager, this was actually a fight at heavyweight. I was fighting two weight classes above where I, I normally do. 
and it was a it was a last minute thing. I, I was supposed to fight. And then two weeks before the fight, the promoter said, Hey, the guy's out. You gotta fight this other guy. Um, will you accept it? So I looked at him. He had uh experience with Bellator. Oh geez. MMA. He he was a big guy, obviously heavyweight. And I was watching the fight. I was watching some of his videos and I was like, ah, is it worth it? It's two weeks out. And then I said, ah, what the heck? Yeah, let's fight him. Let's jump in the cage with this big boy. So I I did and I ended up losing the fight, but I I had a good first round and I beat him on the feet pretty well. And then second and third round, uh, he got a takedown on me and ended up being able to stay on top and whoop me on top. Yeah. But it was a great experience. I'm glad I did it. It's kind of one of those things where you say, hey, let's go ahead and jump in the water. Let's go and find out. And I did, and uh, I ended up on the the wrong side, but it was still a blast. Yeah. That's, so, you know, I think you were talking about up on your feet, so you guys are obviously striking. Dude, I remember when I've sparred, like, I had somebody ring my bell pretty good. Like I took, and we were using, right. We were using the, the Muay Thai gloves. Like we weren't yeah. using the, the, the little MMA gloves. And I still like it rung my bell. Is that something that you get better at? Like either a probably just get better at avoiding getting hit in the head, but two, like, is that something you can adapt to? Like being able to take a punch? It's definitely something that you're able to know how to recover from, maybe mask a little bit from your opponent. Uh, I, th- I think that as time goes on, head trauma doesn't necessarily help. No, no. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? Because that's, yeah. that's, that's a big problem with, well, football, contact sports, MMA, boxing, right, is, is Absolutely. concussions. Yeah, no, it is. And so to answer your question, the... the the horrible answer of it depends. Yeah. Right. But it does. It's you can you can avoid the next punch as you gain experience. Right. When you first have that happen to you, maybe the first or second time you get your bell rung, it's a surprise. You're like, whoa, I'm a little cloudy. And not knowing how to deal with that um, might be tough. And then you understand how to as you progress in your career absolutely which again goes back right like you were talking about how fighting applies to life you're gonna get your bell rung and it the more you have the more it happens the more you're able to the first time it might knock you on your butt man yeah and then you know how to stay away from it it's it's all symbolic it's all symbolic was there a time you felt like i'm 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 overmatched here i'm out like i'm in trouble I got knocked out in the first eight seconds. What? <laughs> it was the first punch that got thrown, man. So I don't even, I, I guess I didn't have a chance to think I was outmatched. But you were, yeah, <laughs> no, it was, you didn't even see it coming. Well, yeah, the, I, I remember, are you ready? Are you ready? Fight. And then the guy starts walking over. I remember thinking, oh, man, he's walking over towards me real funky. He was kind of crossing his legs and going over to the side. And then, the next thing I remember was waking up and kind of having everybody around me. But yeah, I, it broke my jaw and knocked me out. Oh my it gosh. Broke my jaw. Yeah, I had surgery that night, jaw wired shut. Holy crap. And uh, it's, 
it's interesting the twists and turns. It, that little fight, the little, you know, 15 minutes that a fight is, is a representation of life. And I remember sitting in the hospital bed, kind of holding my face together and uh, thinking, what am I doing with my life? I'm fighting in a cage for a living. What is going on here? I got to pull myself to get like we got to figure something else out. Those those thoughts were very temporary. They were very temporary because I think just like getting knocked off a horse, you might not want to jump back on again real quick. That was a tough moment for me and uh it took away my capability to compete. It took away my Injuries suck. We all know this in in the fitness community. You know that you can't do what you want to do when you're injured. But being able to overcome things like that, I think, is more valuable than avoiding them. Yeah. So, how did you shake that off? I mean, because that would be that would be devastating, especially if you're coming off of however many wins you just had, yeah. how many guys you how many guys you had overwhelmed. Right. And yes. how many guys you had put down and next thing you know, you remember, Hey, y'all ready? Smacked. And then wake up with, Hey, Dan, 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 you okay, yeah. buddy? It was a big smack in the face, figuratively, literally, however you want to look at it. Were it you was. married at the time? Yes, sir. What'd your wife say? She's always been a trooper. Man. She has always been a trooper. You know, I remember in that fight, in that exact fight, I had, um, I was told afterwards, some of the members of my gym, one of the, my members was crying, and her and her husband um, were, were tearing up, and he's telling me this, you know, weeks later. If I ever thought you were dead. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're crying, and he said he looked over at my wife, and, are you okay? And she says, well... He's going to be mad. Just real calm. <laughs> wow. She, she just knows what it is. You yeah. know, she's calm, confident, kind of like what we talked about, how a fighter should be, man. And well, she is a fighter. You couldn't do it any other way. I mean, you really couldn't. You can't. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting life choice, right? And you can't, you wouldn't be able to do it without having a partner who has the ability to do that. That level-headedness has guided us through man it really has so here yeah i mean so i've i've often said and i've heard it said that one of the one of if not the most important decision you're ever going to make is your choice in a partner how big a how big a role has has your wife played either a in your just yeah in in your life in your career and and where you guys are at all of it man no all of it really she has said to me on multiple occasions, okay. Yeah. And going into building a business, going into, you know, we've been sweeping and mopping the floors together for 10 years. Dude, starting plus. a business might have even been scarier for than oh, you getting in the cage. Yeah, absolutely. Because that was, you know, and and while I still do that, you know, the building the business is, okay, so this is what you're really doing. This is what you're going to 
there's nothing to fall back on. There's not a 401k. There's not a XYZ, whatever your employer gives you. You got to go eat what you kill. You got to go eat what you kill. So when I'm making nothing and we're living in poverty and we have kids and she trusts me enough to keep going. We had a conversation at one point where she said, we got to get this thing going or you got to go get a job, bro. You got to go get a job. And I was, I understood. I understand. And I said, okay, because in my thought process, I told you Spartan Nation started January, 2016, but I had been doing my own entrepreneurship fight training and, and training out of different gyms. I had been doing that since 2009. Oh, wow. So, since 2009 all the way to 2016, I hadn't viewed that as the start of the business. I thought, you know, we're just ramping up right now. She said, no, no, you had all that time and now we got to keep it. We, we got to make something happen. So it has, it's, you know, it's been able to support our family. It's been able to keep us going and it's grown over the years. As you know, and as you'll continue to know, it's a roller coaster. Some days you think, oh man, we're really, it's, it, it's going to work out. We're really actually going to be do, able to do something. Round one, right? Of that fight. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I'm going to have to sell the business. It's over. Can I get a job at Walmart? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, man. That, that's the entrepreneurship world. That's the fight world. Yeah. Well, like you were talking about that. I just was thinking about, you were talking, I was thinking about that, that fight that you took with the heavyweight, right? You were on your feet. You were, you know, you were like, Hey, I'm, I'm handling business in round one. And then oh, round yeah. two, he got you back on the ground and you, you know, and then round three, but you know, this outcome has, has gone better than that fight did. Cause you guys, you guys just moved locations into a bigger gym, right? We did. Yeah. We just doubled our space, 1900 square feet of mat beautiful wow. open mat and then we have 3800 square feet total of my little playground man i love it the spartan nation so so you guys just you guys obviously do well fight training but what do you guys what do you what, what do you guys do down there yeah so our mission statement is spartan nation exists to emotionally balance physically transform and mentally elevate so i've tried to take the aspects of fitness and fighting and make them how can we become a better person and that's really what we do and are you familiar with the man in the arena yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the man in the arena is kind of my creed in life I try to live by that um, a few different ways and we have doers of deeds that's our demographic we have kids we have soccer moms we have dads we have professional fighters and everybody cheers each other on it's a pretty awesome community man i remember so when i i i i used to go down there and and train and work out for a while and then life kind of took me away from it but that was the thing it was great man when we when you were sparring if you weren't on the mat you were watching and and people were cheering and yeah it was it's a it's you've built something there man it's a family Oh, I'm, I'm blessed. I, I'm, I have inspiring people, kind of like we were talking about at the beginning, everyday heroes, people that say, how can I help? 
people that live by the creed of the man in the arena and they really believe in our mission statement and and the things that we do there's something humbling and confidence building about stepping out one-on-one with somebody on a mat and you don't have to do that in every class as you know there's heavy bag classes there's strength and conditioning classes that we teach that community builds humble confidence yeah well i'll tell you what i got i remember another time we were sparring um gosh i forgot her name she's uh one of the one of the women down there i think her boyfriend is duran okay yeah or, i don't know if they're still together or not yeah but, yeah um so i remember thinking she was like hey you want you want you want to go this round and i was like <laughs> Not really. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there was just something in me. Like I, I felt wrong, right? Sparring sure with a woman because I didn't want to. I didn't. I thought I don't want to devastate her, right? Like hit her with one punch and and it's over because there's a size difference there. And so I was trying to, you know, bob and weave and I, I was like, I will take this as an opportunity to work on my on my head, you know, footwork and head work and whatever. Dude, she rung my bell so hard. And, and it was, I remember she punched me so hard in the face and thinking, good for you. Like, <laughs> and it, it, but it was just, it, it, but, and when we were done, like no hard feelings, like this is what it is. And, and we had a, a good time, man. It was like, it was a family and that's what I think is great. Everybody, everybody's there working, struggling for, you know, and they're all there for different reasons. Some people want to be pro fighters. Some people want to get in shape. Some people are building their confidence. Like it's cool. It's exactly, that's, that's exactly what I was kind of trying to get at. That's a perfect way to, to sum it up is everyone's kind of on their journey. And I I had mentioned this to you as we were getting ready for this, um, that I had a goal before the end of the last year that I wanted to go up Brown mountain 10 times. It's a little mountain in our community. Yeah. And I went and did it on New Year's Eve day and I had one of one of our members came and he was going up the mountain with his boy and he summed it up so perfectly. I wish I could remember the words better, but it was everyone's on their own journey for me and my boy going up one time was the goal and that's what we did. And you can't be looking at other people's journey to try and get depressed and try to have negativity. Go cheer them on and be happy with the progress that you're making. And, I, oh, man, he, he really summed it up well and uh, gave me a lot of energy and power to finish what I was trying to do as well, just being there. Well, yeah, and because, right, he, he accomplished what he set out to do. He was the example for his son, right, to, I'm sure his son, I don't know how thrilled his son was to be there, right, mm-hmm. but they did their thing and they accomplished their goal. And, yeah, I bet that gave you, that had to have given you some strength, right? Because you probably could have, like, quit at 8 or 9 and nobody else would have known except that guy who was there and was like, well, I, I did my thing. Yeah. Right, and you're like, he did his thing, I've got to do my thing. A- absolutely, and it was just... Even seeing that and knowing that I've been a a small part of that development and understanding that it's going to continue because he is hardwired now with that Spartan nation mission statement. Yeah, man. And he's going to, he's passing that on to his son, which is 
beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why, like, a lot of people give CrossFit a bad rap, man. But, like, that's one of the reasons I love CrossFit is that community. And just because you have a fire breather in the class who might be trying to get ready for the, you know, to compete in the open. But you also got that guy who, that mom or that guy who's later on in life, they haven't been in fitness. But, dude, they just deadlifted more they deadlifted their body weight when they first started they were just doing the bar right but just because this guy's here and he's on a different journey doesn't mean that you should never start and i think that's what's awesome about fitness about fighting about working out or picking up anything if it's something you want to do do it don't don't i'm never going to be michael jordan and I'm never going to play in the NBA, but man, I love playing basketball. Yeah. Right. And going back to what you were talking, it's how many times, tell me how many times in your life you finish a workout and you say, boy, I wish I didn't do that workout. I wish I did not complete the workout that I just did. Never. I don't think it happens. <laughs> no. I mean, no matter how, There's, like I've, I, I remember we did a workout in here. I remember I had, I was wearing a whoop, my heart rate, I got it up to 185 and I promptly ran out the door. Like I finished the workout, <laughs> called time, ran out the door over the retaining wall and yacked for just kept, just couldn't stop dry heaving. And, and I was like, happiest you've ever been. Yeah. I said, like <laughs> wipe my mouth off. And I was like, that was a good workout. That's right. I don't yeah. want to do it again right now, but that was a good workout. And on the other side of that, have you ever experienced that you said you talked yourself into not doing a workout and then there's regret. Oh, I feel like crap all day. Like I should have done it. Should have, would have, could have. Yeah. Right? And that's what it is. And, and that's going and doing fitness in any level, any, uh, any activity really, really just spurs you on in life to do better, more positive things and to accomplish goals. Right. In every aspect of life. Well, and I think that's what's cool about like a gym like yours, right? Where it's it's a community. It's not you're working out by yourself at, at EOS or LA Fitness. Not there's anything wrong with that, right? I, I go work out there from time to time and but I also have a workout partner, right? And there's that accountability aspect too, yeah. right? Where you know like there's been times where I've laid there in bed and thought, Man, I shouldn't go. I'm I'm tired, I didn't sleep well, you know whatever. And then I go, but there are people who are counting on me to be there for them. That's huge. So I, I'm going to drag myself out of bed and we're going to go do this. And, and I've never regretted it. Being, being part of that community is a big driver for a lot of people. And it's, you know, for, for example, in the Spartan nation, we have a class in the morning, we have a, classes in the evening and everything's programmed for you. You're ready to rock and roll as soon as you walk in the door. So it makes it a little bit easier for people to, as your hardest thing is you got to figure out, am I going to get in the car and drive over there? Once you walk in the door, everything's already programmed for you. You're ready to rock and roll. And so as I'm not, I'm not discounting the big box gyms i'm just yeah. saying it, it's something different we, we're two different industries completely 100 yeah. and yeah. there are people who are hardwired right the gym is headphones in i need to sure. be by myself i need to 
work this out and be with my with my thoughts and myself and i'm singularly focused right yeah and and that works for some people and for other people right like they i i'm one of these people I hate programming for myself. Mm-hmm. I program for everybody else all day long. Right. I want to show up. I want you to tell me what I'm doing. And you know what? I want that infectious energy when I walk in the door. If I'm having a bad day, it's hard to have a bad day when somebody's like, dude, so good to see you. I can't uh-huh. wait to like punch you in the face and get punched in the face by yeah. you. Or like, I can't wait to get better together. Right? No, the, you draw energy from it too. I, we have a challenge are you familiar familiar with the Echo Bike? Yeah, man, the Devil's Tricycle. <laughs> the Devil's that's the best. That's a good name for it. Well, we we have a challenge on there. It's on. It's programmed into the bike. It's twenty seconds on, ten seconds off. Have you done that challenge? No, yeah, no. No offense to Assault Bike, but the Echo Bike is 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 uh the daddy is infinitely harder. That's the daddy of the bikes. If you ever if you haven't tried it yet, it's totally different than every other bike that you've ever. Yeah, no, the Echo Bike is miserable. So the challenge, it's <laughs> it's in the top right corner. Just press that button, top right corner. It's going to give you a three, two, one countdown, and then you do twenty seconds on, ten seconds off, times eight. Oh, okay, so it's a Tabata. It's a Tabata word. Yeah, and you just rip it for twenty seconds. Okay, and then totally stop for ten. So we have a challenge at the gym. We see how many calories you can burn in that four minutes what's the what's what's the record right now top score is 89 it goes like this and this is how close it is luke at our gym has 89 i'll give him a little shout out how's that okay <laughs> so luke has 89 we have terry the lion he won my fighters i know i've rolled with him he's yeah he's terrifying a beast of a man yeah he has 88 okay terry and i had the the title uh, we were tied at 83 for the longest time. So Terry got 88. I'm, I'm at 87. And then everybody else is a little bit lower. But 89, 88, 87. So that's the challenge. Okay. Go, go try to beat 89. I might come down and try that because on. I did. Now the recovery part is the part that's where it gets interesting. I On the assault bikes, not an echo bike, right? Yeah. But they still count calories. We did a thing where they were like, all right, 30 seconds, do as fast as you can for 30 seconds. And in 30 seconds, I got 31 calories. There you go. Now, it helps that I've got the the level of mass that I have pushing behind it. It makes a difference. It does. It makes a huge difference. But I would love to come down there. I'm going to... I'm going to put that on my calendar if you let me come back Can down I and try you right here on air. <laughs> yeah, no, you've got me. You got I'm, it. I'm going to come down. Oh, I'm we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk details and dates <laughs> afterward. But Absolutely. no, because I actually I've been I'd like to. I know you do open gym on Saturdays. What time? Saturday, 10 to 12. Saturday, 10 to 12. Open gym address. I'll put in the notes, too. But yeah, perfect. Thirty nine twenty nine East Main Street. Suite 12 in Mesa. And it's free to anybody, right? Come on in. Yeah, we have uh, people wrestling, boxing, lifting weights, and uh, you're, you're welcome to come in and check out the gym, and I'll give you a little guide through. Just sign a waiver. You will sign a waiver. <laughs> <laughs> you got to sign a waiver to have fun doing anything in life, i know right? so no yeah but that's uh that's i've been i've been meaning i've been wanting to get back down there on a saturday and so i've i've seen that's the i've i've actually had to prioritize a little bit more of my own health with doing starting the business that we started this last well 
2020, October, 2020 is when we started our practice. And it's, you know, as you know, it's, it's a grind. You wear all the hats, right? Oh yeah. And so, um, yeah, I've had some of my own health struggles with autoimmune, like Hashimoto's, um, some idea. Yeah. Some other stuff. And so I had to, in the last part of the year, things just weren't going super well. And so it's been now I've, it's a, I've had to prioritize it and make it a, put it on the calendar and nothing gets in the way. Good man. No, I I remember hearing years ago that, uh, that's something that top level CEOs have in common is setting aside time to have fitness for themselves. So yeah, you got to set aside time to have fitness for yourself. You got to set a time, time to, to play like, all that stuff is super, super huge, super important. So you were talking, how many, so how many pro fighters you guys have now? Um, we have total fighters. We have people that have gotten in the cage around probably 15. Okay. Yeah. And how many of those are amateurs and how many of those are getting paid? Um, Terry's about to turn pro. I'm pro myself. Okay. And then we have the rest are amateurs. That's awesome, man. And they, and they're in mixed in with everybody else. You got it. Yeah. And, and it's a blast. Everyone's cheering everybody on. Yeah. And yeah, the amateur fighters and the moms that are getting in shape and the kids are all buddies. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> so how, how have your fighters done in the last, what was the last fight they took? Last fight was December 18th in rough MMA here in Arizona. Okay. And we had, uh, one of our fighters, uh, had a loss and one had a win. We awesome. had two two fighters on the card, both debut fighters. Okay. So they went through that what we experienced, what we talked about earlier, the experience of the weight cut and the weigh-ins and all, everything that has to do with before the fight. Sure. They all they know how to do that now. Okay. That's a fight in itself, and then they've also entered the cage. So all those emotions are something new. You can talk to somebody about it, but until you experience it, it's its own animal, man. So yeah, they've both experienced that one, one win, one loss, and then, uh, they're both ready to do it again. That's awesome. Now's rough MMA. Is that a local Arizona promotion? Local promo here. Okay. Um, they, they're the ones who have been putting on regular shows, uh, over the past year or so. Okay. They, they've been great in leading that charge. Now, they're amateurs. Do they still do technically like a quote unquote fight camp? I know like when guys are getting ready for, to do a, like a UFC fight, right. They kind of go away. They bring in different coaches and stuff. And they, it, I mean, that's essentially what a fight camp is, right? It's like, fight, maybe fight I, I, maybe I don't understand what a fight camp is. So maybe you can break it down. Cause yeah, I, no worries. It, it probably means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But for, for me and what we do with our fighters, we have, we dedicate typically six weeks where we say, if you already know your training, you already know the technique, you're already in shape. Okay. Now we're going to dedicate the next six weeks to tuning everything up and getting super sharp, starting to cut the weight and getting ready for the fight. Okay. So six weeks is dedicated to that where during practice we'll put them through what we call the gauntlet where they have one fighter than the next come in on them. And so they, they have to go through a little bit of a suffering. Mm -hmm. They have to go through a little bit of embrace the suck moments and come out without their head hanging down. Right. 
with the hands up tall and having those experiences, having those experiences of I can keep going even when it sucks is so necessary for competition. Now, obviously you're the resident submission wrestling expert, right? At your guys' gym. Do you guys have like a Muay Thai, a dedicated Muay Thai coach, a dedicated boxing coach? Do you guys do any jujitsu? When last time I was there, you didn't necessarily do jujitsu. It was all submission wrestling. So do you have any of those specialty coaches? We have, so I, I teach the martial arts side of things. And then Jason okay. Briggs does the strength and conditioning for us. So, uh, coach Jason Briggs runs the, uh, all the strength classes. And then on the martial arts side of things, I'm running the show over there. So I, okay. I do the striking classes and the grappling. We have all no gi classes, so we don't do any of the gi grappling. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Because yeah, last time I was there, there was a dude who was kind of doing boxing, but is he still, I don't know, remember his name was. Little guy. Fast we, hands. Yeah, fast hands. <laughs> I, I've got a couple guys that come around and help out, and we have coaches okay. that come in and out of the gym. Yeah. And because I've been in it for so long, it's, it's fun. We have people from different gyms that come in and, and help out with boxing and wrestling and UFC fighters and uh, Bellator fight. People come into the gym. I've got one guy who we're going to put on the schedule for late February, uh, one of the top grapplers in the world, Oh, Kyle Bame. Okay. So I've been chatting with him, and he's he's ready to come do a seminar over with us uh, end of February. Sick. So That'll yeah. be cool, man. Um, and then uh, – Oh yeah, I so what would you so if there was somebody who either who wanted to get into say if anybody's listening or anybody wants to get into like MMA, what advice would you give them? Do it. <laughs> just go just go find a place and do it. You know, you have to find the gym that you can mesh with because there's some gyms have just like people, different personality types. You probably want to find out what their what their creed is, what their mission statement is, what they're trying to do in this world. Uh, is it just getting you ready for fights? Is that something that you want? Do you want something more out of the gym? And find a gym that you mesh with that has high quality instruction and yeah, and yeah. go for it. And if and if somebody's never done martial arts of any kind like they've never do you is it better to would you recommend like hey go focus on like wrestling or go focus on jujitsu or go learn shotokan karate first and then go to an mm like go try to learn the other stuff or go do muay thai first or is it like hey just go to an mma fight gym and just do it that way yeah i, I would say dabble find out what you like okay yeah an mma gym is a good place to start and it depends on your interests if if you're more interested in the jujitsu or the wrestling then you're welcome to start there that that's fine but it's a lot of fun doing all the different martial arts so if you could find a gym that teaches boxing muay thai submission wrestling that'd be a great gym to go to because you get to experience those different martial arts and they all kind of have a different flavor to them, as you as you know. Well, sure, yeah. I just I wasn't sure if it was like, hey, you're better off starting with one, or just it doesn't matter. Go check them all out and and start because if you have no background, no no bad habits yet, just go start with it all. Yeah, it's it's not a bad idea. 
um, depending on what you're trying to do, if you're if you're trying to compete, yeah. If you're a kid, if you if you're a kid, go get into wrestling. Yeah. If you're a kid, go get into wrestling. That's that's the best place to start. It's, it's the best place to build the right character to be a fighter. It's hard, hard nose grind, and statistically, wrestlers have been on top of the game for the entire time. Well, yeah. Stipe Stipe Miocic was a wrestler, right? Wasn't I'm, he? I'm I'm not sure about him, but I darn know, near every champion has had some form of wrestling. I know Daniel Cormier was an Olympian. Cormier, John Jones, um, yeah, even the ones that you think might be strikers. Justin Gaethje oh. was a phenomenal wrestler. He's from Safford, right? Yeah, we went to high school around the same time frame. Okay, so we grew up together, and he. Our teams competed against each other a few times. Okay. Yeah. Very cool, man. But one one of the things you were asking about somebody first starting off, there's definitely an intimidation factor. I know I had it when I started. Even though I wrestled since I was a kid, somebody handed me a flyer on ASU campus that had a picture of one guy on top of the other beating him up. And I was like, if they, if I go in here, they're going to... They're going to whoop me. Yeah. And it's what I always wanted to do. Right. I always wanted to find a mixed martial arts club or gym or and train. And so I held on to that little flyer, that black and white flyer for a month before I got the guts up to call the phone number. And then you go in and it's nothing like... I geared up ready to fight, right? And that, then it's a class. That's so funny because, <laughs> dude, I, I, I would never imagine you being intimidated or it was. afraid to do anything. I was. I was timid. And maybe that's part of the journey, too, is I'm definitely less so now, having experienced and said, and making that jump and making that leap to say, yeah, let's go find out. It leads you to do that again and again throughout life yeah and that's probably where right the greatest i mean your greatest success is fear fear is so powerful fear will stop people from getting what they want they'll stop them from getting love relationships a better job more money i mean improving their health because they're either afraid of what a couple things they're afraid of the work it's going to take maybe they're afraid of how it might feel or hurt and I think the biggest one for most people is they're afraid that they're going to fail. Can I give you a quote? Yeah. This was our quote of the week at Spartan Nation. Yeah. It's from Customato. Do you know who that is? I don't. Customato was Mike Tyson's famous boxing trainer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought, I thought, I don't know why I heard custom auto. Cus. D'Amato. Oh, Let me pronounce a yeah, little like, better. No, no, I, I'm, I'm a moron and just heard custom auto. I was like, I don't know, I don't know that shop. <laughs> yeah, Cus D'Amato. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna give you my best quote here. Let's see, let's see if I can memorize it here for you. It's there is no difference between a hero and a coward in how they feel. It's what they do that makes the difference. Going back to your talk about fear yeah. we all feel it you know the tough guy feels it and, and so does the other guy and it's who's gonna go do something even though you feel that fear you can still go and do what you need to do that's the difference between a hero and a coward solid man and that is probably 
I don't think we're going to end on anything better than that, man. So yeah. Um, where can, where can people find you on Instagram, the internet, give you, give yourself a plug in your gym. Oh yeah. Thanks. It's uh, spartannationcombatives.com or spartannationaz.com. And then we are Spartan Nation Combatives on Instagram and on Facebook. Awesome, man. And we'll put all of the links to your social media, your website, everything on on the uh, show notes here so people can can find you guys. Dude, Dan, I'm, I'm pumped that you came down. This was a lot of fun, brother. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.